It's smoky and 17 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Albertans protested for the second day in a row against the provincial government's plan to lift mandatory COVID protocols. Global's Michael King reports on the rallies held in both Ed- Calgary and Edmonton yesterday. Starting on August 16th, we will no longer recommend that all those with mild symptoms seek testing. Isolation will no longer be universally legally required if you test positive for COVID-19. For Natasha Brubaker, whose child is considered high risk for the virus, these decisions hit close to home. Our children are by definition vulnerable. They have no option to protect themselves beyond these health measures and the decisions made by the adults they are counting on to care for them. Dr. Joe Vipond, an emergency room physician, is going further, saying the rolling back of restrictions goes against Canadians' right to life, liberty and security. In response to the pushback, Alberta's health minister pointed to the rise in those vaccinated, even though Alberta is below the national rate in both first and second doses. For Dr. Joe Vipon, that response is not enough, and he's calling on Alberta's chief medical officer of health to resign. Michael King, Global News. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Calgary police are investigating after multiple people were stabbed early yesterday morning. CPS confirmed it happened on 8th Street and 2nd Avenue Southwest just after midnight. Four people were injured. Their conditions are currently unknown and an investigation is ongoing. It's been a summer of record-breaking temperatures and we're once again under a heat warning. Global's Matthew Conrad has more on what Albertans can expect in the forecast this long weekend and how people can stay cool. Environment Canada says Albertans will experience temperatures in the 30s for most of the weekend, but that they shouldn't expect the heat wave to last much longer than that. As we go into next week, we are expecting things to become a bit more unsettled. Uh, Temperatures will fluctuate a bit uh, between the low 20s and a couple days in the high 20s. In the meantime, the theme of the long weekend will likely be how to best beat the heat. For $5 per person, you can book a 90-minute swim time through the Calgary Outdoor Swimming Pools Association. Some pools, like the one in Stanley Park, are already booked solid. If pools aren't your thing, there's always the Bow River. The paddle station expects to launch upwards of 900 people a day onto the water this weekend. Staff and visitors say as long as you follow the rules, it's a wonderful way to experience Calgary. Across the province, visitors to the Edmonton Heritage Festival were finding their own unique ways to cool down. The weekend celebration of culture and food will have a little something for everyone, but Lorna Freese had a good sense of where she needed to head first Saturday afternoon. Well, right now it's going to be ice cream. <laughs> Matthew Conrad, Global News. In sports, sprinter Andre de Grasse has become the first male athlete on Canada's team to win a medal at the Tokyo Olympics. He had a rough start, but claimed the bronze medal in the men's 100 metres with a personal best time of 9.89 seconds. Canada now has 14 medals. 
The women won the bronze in the pool in the medley relay, giving Penny Alexiak her seventh career medal and making her the country's most decorated Olympian. It's 17 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. August the 1st. Unbelievable how fast this is going. Um, it's been a pretty good summer as far as gardening. A little tough with some of the smoke on some people for sure. But uh, you should be getting lots of growth on your plants if you've been out uh you know, watering and fertilizing. I'm just looking at my columnar ashes. I think I got three and a half feet of growth on the on the top of them. So they're just taking off like crazy. But uh anyways, lots of lots of stuff going on out in the garden. And if you if you get a chance, you can send me a few pictures, 403-974-8255. If you like to call, that is the, the call and text line. So that's 403-974-8255. Or at a town, 1-800-563-7770. And uh, just, it's been, um, I guess, kind of uneventful, I guess, a bit in the gardens. We've been very fortunate. We haven't had any too many major storms go through through July, which we typically do during Stampede and all that. We had a little bit early on at the beginning of July, but it's been great. Um, just looking out, I got my uh, limelight hydrangeas. They're just starting to bloom up now. And they're on the north side of my house, which sort of northeast side, I guess. So they do get all the morning sun. Typically, those should be blooming earlier, but they don't, they don't get as much sun as the stuff on my south side where the the quick fires and all that have been blooming for a while, the little bobos. And I love hydrangeas in the yard. I just think they give you that color. They're one of the only shrubs that'll bloom all summer long for you, like besides potentilla and things like that. And uh, so I really enjoy them. There's lots of good variety, topiar ones. They give you that great feel. You mix them with Carl Foresters, boxwoods, all kinds of just, uh, I like it fairly simple. So, Anyways, if, uh, if you have any questions on that kind of thing, give us a shout. It's a good time to look at your trees and shrubs, see if there's anything going on with them, disease. and uh, But I am seeing a big difference. Um, been making sure I've had my trees on a good feeding program the last couple of years. Um, just taking my, the advice a bit more from Mark um, with our Printed Up crew. He's been doing the injections on our deep root injections on that sure makes a big difference and uh and i am gonna push a little bit more on the we're gonna we're trying to get more 5 10 15 20 gallon trees and a few less of the bigger caliper trees we're still gonna do some caliper but i'm just finding that the little bit smaller potted trees just do and they take just so much better and grow the larger big calipers, I find that they're sitting in the ground and they just take a long time to root in. So, I don't know, just a bit more experimenting I'm doing. Like I said, I planted a prairie cascade willow, I think, two, two, three years ago as a five-gallon. It's almost a 50 mil already. It's just amazing getting three feet of growth on it. And uh, so, anyways, just a different rule of thumb or some thought as our yards get a little bit smaller. And it's just, it is getting a little tougher on sometimes and the costs get up higher. 
And uh, so it's just a lot easier a lot of times to put a 5 or 10, 15-gallon tree into some of those spots in the yard, and you'll find that they'll just take off like crazy for you as well. But sometimes you do need that big caliper tree. You just want a little bit of instant blockage, um, something that's uh, not fancy in your sight line. You want to block it out, and you want to put that great big tree in right away. Um, that definitely works for that as well. So anyways, Jen's going to give us a shout. We're going to see what's going on down in the tropical and uh, perennial section. I know we got lots of great perennials, and we just started the sale on those. Buy one, get one 50 off. So um, if you're looking to fill some of those spots, now's a good time to do that. Had a call earlier, a text earlier, um, and how do I deadhead my canna lilies? And basically, those are the ones, big, big foliage, and then the big spiky blooms that come up. I take them off just when they start fading, when they start looking a little bit um, spent. And that way, I find it just pushes more and more blooms. And I just feel down the main stem, some of them have another bloom coming up behind them. And then I'll go just above that, and I'll cut it off there. Or if I don't feel anything, sometimes I'll take them right down to the to the base. So something like I said, usually they have two blooms coming up from one stem. So just feel down so you don't cut off the whole thing and do that. And uh, like I said, I, I do deadhead a lot of the big blooms. I don't let them go totally spent. I do it just when they start looking a little bit rotty because um, then I find it just pushes more and more blooms. So um, I find that works quite well for us. And also, I got, uh, I don't always catch all of your show, but when I do listen, love your advice. Thank you. I'm curious, though. Okay, what happened to to Mary from Hyper? She's still, she's on a bit of hiatus. And I will, uh, I will, I will chat and, uh, and see if Mary can maybe make an appearance. I haven't talked to her for a while. So anyway, and what else do I got going here? My nest spruce are developing some sort of rust. And actually, that looks to me, and those don't really get the rust. Those are getting, uh, it's hard to see it. They, they get just a bit of uh, winter desiccation in the middle of them. And that's somewhat normal on the inside. It's just brown leaves and things like that. Um, your junipers, on the other hand, will get that cedar apple rust where they get the hawthorns close by, then they'll get a, a big nodule growth on them. And it's uh, it looks like a big hunk of fungus on there. But that's typically when you have a hawthorn and a juniper close by. Anyways. And what time is it here? I think I'm going to just read a couple more texts, and then I'm going to take a break, and then we're going to get right back on the show. And... I actually got another text from uh, gorgeous Annabelle. Watering, fertilizer, everything. Everything is going crazy. Love your program. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Pre totally appreciate it. What do I do with this crazy growing Sweet 100? I can't seem to contain them. Also, I have a bag of hemp and sea soil. Could I top off my containers with hemp for with water retention? Absolutely. Hemp is actually, it works really good. It probably holds twice as much water as peat moss. So you got to be careful with it too. If you mix too much in your soil, I find it doesn't dry out that quickly. So you got to be careful with that. 
and uh, but definitely you can put it on top. It'll hold the moisture in like a mulch, keeps weeds down. And sweet 100s, if everybody doesn't know, that's a type of tomato. And on the ones, your branches that are just going crazy on you there a bit, you could just cut them back a bit. And uh, otherwise, they'll just keep going. And then they can concentrate on more of the blooms and fruit to the inner side of, the, of your plant. But ensure that you keep feeding it as well. 15, 30, 15. Um, typically with the cherry tomatoes, you don't need any of the calcium supplement. Um, if you're growing bigger like beefsteak and romas and some of those larger tomatoes, um, I always would recommend using a calcium supplement or any of the good tomato fertilizers would have that in there as well. But right now I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, we're going to chat with Jen. We're going to take some calls. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 974 <laughs> on 770CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calories Full Service Year-Round Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Good morning, Jen. We're going to go see what's going on down there at the garden center. Good morning, Jen. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you doing today? I'm ready. I'm doing great. I'm ready. I'm ready for the day, ready for the heat, um, ready for the <laughs> sale. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, lots of heat going on. And, uh, but it, it is, there's lots of benefits to it and it, it's hard on people too. It'd be nice to get some moisture. I did have to for, or water my lawn a bit more than normal because we just haven't had rain for like a month. I was only doing once a week, sort of that 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, but I did supplement with another watering this week cause I was getting some dry edges and stuff like that. So, Fair. um, yeah, no, yeah it, was, it, it, it has been dry. So so last week, uh, you and I and Suzanne, we took a little road trip. And yeah. to, of all places, you wouldn't think you'd have to go to Saskatoon. <laughs> but we did go to Saskatoon and, and yeah, Regina to look at some garden centers and, and things like that. There's yeah. uh, one of our fellow independent garden centers built a new site down in Regina. And uh, the Dutch Growers, it's right on the west side of the of Regina when you pull into town. So and uh, beautiful, yeah. beautiful new building. And uh, so if you're out, if you are listening in the Regina area and things like that, definitely check out Karen and the Dutch Growers um, site there. This it's 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 kind of neat to see that the independents were not dying, right? Like we're right. we're growing and we're doing our things and and seeing. Um, structures like that and businesses being rebuilt and uh, yeah. so it was it's just nice to see wasn't it beautiful it was beautiful it was a great time and uh, and it was lovely to have Karen show us around as well and kind of give us the lay of the land and all the kind of background information and just uh, yeah it, it was it was awesome to see it was vast it was a beautiful structure and it was really fun to go through it yeah, and then we went off to Saskatoon, which again is a, you wouldn't think is a hub of garden centers, but there's one <laughs> very large garden center built there, um, Wilson's Garden Center, mm -hmm. and beautiful site, and they have go karts, zip lines, arcades. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> and it's just crazy. Yeah, and a huge garden center, and uh, 
a very very um, European influenced. Yes, it was it was really nicely done, and uh, it was a really welcoming space. Lindsay showed us around there. That was fantastic. And Carly here from the Tree Lot said that's uh, her and her team. It's their favorite place to go when they're out of school and not playing. I guess. Um, yeah, she was mentioning that to me yesterday. She knows it very well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of we got lucked out there. We didn't. I, I didn't know the the family there, the Wilson family that owned the garden center. Um, but we just happened to run into one of the owners, and and we asked her, "Oh, what a great shirt you have!" We <laughs> asked her a brand, and we're chatting with her. And uh, before you should know it, like she spent an hour and a half with us, giving us a tour. Um, yeah. And that's one thing I love about our industry is um, if someone does come through our garden center, or we go through another one. Uh, most of the time, everyone's very gracious with their time. We love to show our our other people our stuff and show people what we're doing, and and we love to share. And uh, so, um, very grateful to to Karen and Lindsay in Saskatchewan for sharing their their garden centers with us as well. Yeah, and uh, it was great. They were so yeah. informative and so helpful, and and not yeah, you're right. They wanted to just share. There was nothing. Everything was yeah. on the table, and yeah, let's all make it a good thing, a good experience for all. Yeah. So yeah. if you are doing a little summer trip and and you're going to head east to, to Saskatchewan, and you're a gardener, stop in and uh, visit a couple of the garden centers in in those two towns there because they're they're great. They're yeah. lots of neat things to see. So. Absolutely. Anyways, what's what's going on down in the you, – you had a little list of some things that you maybe want to talk about today. I know. I was, there's a couple of things going on. The, one of the first things is our uh, perennials right now are on sale. They're a buy one, get one of equal or lesser value, 50% off. And that includes nice. the new ones that are coming in because I still have some new perennials coming in. Um, I do have vines in right now. I know people have been looking. Goat's beard's coming back. Um, so that's, that's the big thing kind of going on now. It was interesting. Terry, our tree lot manager, pointed out to me yesterday, and I sent you pictures, Merle. So speaking of lack of rain, but it really goes to show you how resilient plants are and how important soil is. Yeah. We do have an area, right, where our plants, if we don't want to sell them because they're not looking up to snuff, we, we send them out to their little plant cemetery. But um, several of them decided no, that wasn't enough, and so they've grown back there. <laughs> and yeah, we so sort we, of dumped them in a compost pile. Yeah, like, it's, it's crazy. Terry spotted it. He spotted the kale first. There's kale back there. There's tomatoes, nasturtiums, squash. Well, that Swiss chard is about <laughs> a foot high. You sent it's me a picture. I know. Ridiculous. I was like, and think about that. Those, they're not even wilted, and those have been yeah. there, right? We've done nothing. We don't care for them. We didn't even know they existed. So um, We didn't plant them. We just dumped them in a compost pile. Them. Isn't that crazy? So I just was thinking yeah. about the resiliency. People get a little bit afraid. And then also with watering, you know, sometimes we can overwater in, in the ground. And so they, they need less than, than we think sometimes as well. So <laughs> Tomatoes, Dusty Miller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. So that was crazy. Um, the other thing is people keep buying our plants, Merle, and I don't, I'm a little stressed about it. I said to Jess, there was a hole downstairs in one of our displays, and I said, oh, what? What was here? It was a Monstera, and somebody somebody bought one, and I was a little upset. And just said, Jen, you know, we bring them in to sell them, right? <laughs> so they're not part so, of your family. You don't want to keep them. Yeah, in the nest we, too long. We take such great pride, and the gang takes such great care. All of the gang, actually, our cashiers come out and help too sometimes with you know yep. whatever pruning a plant or feeding it. And so, um, yeah, but thanks to the customers, they make it fun, and people have been really happy when they come in, which is really contagious. So. Thanks for, for that as well. But, um, yeah, it's been really fun down there lately. 
Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good seed, but that's but soil is your is your number mm. one thing. Yep. If you start with good soil, you're, it's going to take over a lot of things, and and if you are at the tree lot and you want to, Terry has a pumpkin patch. <laughs> We're trying to grow some big pumpkins, so yeah, you think he has great. about eight or ten pumpkins out in the tree lot that he's planted in some of the tree holes. But he did supplement the soil. He put some nice soil in there, but mm-hmm. they're growing like some of them are twenty feet wide. It's almost beautiful. like they're beautiful. Yeah. yeah, come on down. So, we can, yeah, yeah, we're happy to show those to anybody. Absolutely, yeah. Terry grew those so, in seed. Yeah, which is, yeah, which is always lots of fun. So you're 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 still getting so that when people ask, is there still time to plant? There's still lots of time to plant. Oh my heavens! Yeah, I know. I've had a couple people ask; they were worried, but no, there's tons of time to plant. And like I said, our some of our perennials are. If you want to see what's in flower right now, come on in. We'll show you. It's it's right there. You can have a look and and keep in mind too. Perennials flower at different times of the year, so you know that just. It's not going to flower necessarily in in June, but these guys are putting on a good show right now, like the Echinacea downstairs. So, yeah, and I sent you that picture of those. I was just mm. up at Sobe's, um, the, the beautiful plant. But there's one that really doesn't get looked after a ton in a superstore or in a parking lot of the up in Cranston. There's just the the shopping center up there, yep. but they have those. Uh, those are black eyed Susan. But what's the perennial name? Like they're the uh, Rudbeckia. Yeah, Rudbeckia. Wow. Yep. They're yeah. just like if you want a plant that gives you some spectacular color, like going into August, Stunning. like they they look unbelievable. So, mm-hmm. and that's in a parking lot. So those are some of the. <laughs> and when you see them in the in the perennial house, sometimes they're not going to look as good because they're growing in a pot. They ran out of soil, yeah. and they're not going to look. But once you put those into the soil, they'll just take off and and grow. When you're buying a perennial, really what you're buying is the root system. So if you're at a garden center and you see some stuff, um, whether it's at Spruce or any other garden center, a lot of the perennials at this time of year are not going to look as good because they've been living in that pot all (laughs) summer long. It's been hot, stressed out. Like I said, if they stuck us in a little pot all summer, you'd be stressed out too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So get them into your yard, plant them, give them some nice nourishment, some food, and they will just take off like crazy for you. So, yep. Anyways, what's my that's my plan to the day that Rudebeckia. I think I'm going to see. Do we have any? Just um, curious. I feel like if we do, they've been subtle. I don't know that I have any right now, but um, that is okay. my goal is to make sure that we have those in too. We're still bringing some stuff in, so I'm on it, Merle. All right. I might need to get a couple when they come in. So okay. anyways, thanks, Jen, for Thank uh, for, for calling in, and uh, we'll chat with you soon. You got it. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I will take one call before the break. Here, I'll go to Iris. Good morning, Iris. Hello. How are you? Good, good. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, we're wanting to plant a Granny Smith's uh, tree. Is it too late in the year to do it, or is it perfect time? And if so... Like, a, like an apple tree? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Granny Smith, I don't think are hardy for our no. area. So you just want to oh. make sure you get the right variety. Um, there's lots of great apples, though, um, that grow in Calgary. Like lots of real apples, like the Hardy Max, September Ruby. There's lots of great ones. So just make sure okay. you're, you go to a good garden center, get uh, get well, the right we zone. Get the garden, actually. Okay. And- Yep, we were going perfect. to come to your garden center, but we wanted a little research before we went, so we wouldn't bother anyone with a lot of questions. <laughs> no, but that's why we have those people there. Like you see, Terry okay. and his team are in the okay. tr- apples, 
that have three or four or five different kinds on them. So the those are kind of neat. So you can get oh. uh, yeah. So they pollinate each other and they they're grafted. Then you get a you get a variety of apples on one tree. So I see. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to uh, make I make my own applesauce and stuff, and yeah. I wanted tree to do that so yeah <laughs> yep so you, you might want to you don't get quite as much on those multi ones so you might want to just stick like with a hardy mac or a september ruby or something we have quite a few in there and there's lots of there's apples on a lot of them right now so but you'll be able they, to see them green? Is it, i wanted a green green apple yep, right yep, so, yeah there's green ones and that's more what you get in alberta like there's oh. a like the 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 hardy mac gets a little red. Love them get a red tinge, but you're never going to really get that pure, pure red like typically. A lot of them yeah. are a little bit more green and a little bit more tinge to them. They're not the – so, oh. yeah, you'll be good to go. Okay, great. All right. we'll Thanks, Iris. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's smoky and 20 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Calgary police are investigating after multiple people were stabbed early Saturday morning. CPS confirmed it happened on 8th Street and 2nd Avenue Southwest just after midnight. Four people were injured. Their conditions are unknown and an investigation is ongoing. Heat warnings are in effect for large areas of B.C. and Alberta. Lightning strikes boosted the number of forest fires in B.C. to 245 yesterday. And there is a potential for more lightning in today's forecast. Temperatures are expected to cool off later today. Canadian sprinter Andre de Grasse has claimed the bronze medal in the men's 100 meters at the Tokyo Olympics. It's de Grasse's second Olympic medal in the event after he took bronze at the 2016 Rio Games. It's also his first. It's also the first medal won by a Canadian male athlete in Tokyo. It's 20 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. And uh, you can give me a shout. Got a few texts that I'm going to go through. Merle, thank you for a great show. I have a couple spruce trees where the leader is wilting. Any recommendations, Jennifer? It looks like you're getting weevil in there. And what it is, it's a little maggot. It crawls from the bottom of the base. It crawls all the way up to the tree. And it gets into that nice new soft growth on the top. And it eats the tree from the inside out. So basically what you need to do is is that you got to either if you can't reach up to the top get a ladder or, or give an arborist a call and you got to cut down the center below where it's wilting until you don't see any more holes and you'll see the maggots in there so yours looks fairly fresh it's just starting so i would get up there and uh, and cut those back right away because uh you it, it'll take a, a foot or two off the top of your tree and they're pretty nasty little things so i would i would definitely do that um, good morning, Merle. My Saskatoon bush is finished producing fruit. Am I able to trim it and fertilize again for the fall season? Um, yes, if you've picked most of the uh, the fruit off, you want to give it a little trim, right now is a great time to do that and uh, and definitely do it. Feed it with 15, 30, 15. And you want to do that. You don't want to fertilize much past right now. This week will be kind of the last week to do any fertilizing on your trees and shrubs. 
until fall. And then we can fertilize again when they've gone into their dormant stage. But uh, right now we do want to start slowing our trees down a bit. But let's ensure we're still watering. Um, it doesn't hurt to give them even some of the granular food, um, the evolve or something like that, mix that into the soil, a good amendments, and, and you'd be totally fine with that. But definitely trim it. Okay. And I'll take one more text here. Hi, Merle. Is strawberry vanilla hydrangea survive? Yes. It's actually a nice hardy. It's a great um, hydrangea. We get about four or five or six varieties in right now. They're just gorgeous. We've been just bringing lots in just to uh, show how great they are. And there's so many good varieties that are hardy here. But right now I'm going to go to the phone line and I'm going to chat with Shaq. Good morning, Shaq. Hi, Shaq. Good morning, Mel. How are you? Good, good. Okay. How are you? I uh, just uh, want to uh, talk about my corn. And I planted, I got 12 plants. It's about uh, close to three feet high. Oh, nice. And I don't see any, I saw one coming out and none of them coming or no corn at all. Okay. When did you plant them? I planted in, uh, say, about end of June. Uh, no, end of May. Yeah. Yeah, they should be produced by now. Actually, I, I tried growing, we grew some in a pot on our, our deck. Okay. And I just ran out of soil. I had six plants in one small pot. <laughs> so they got about that three or four feet high, uh -huh. and I got small cobs on them. Oh. Um, are they in a nice hot spot? Yes, it is. All day, all afternoon, there's no shade at all. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I think is just, um, it, it, I would just if they're three feet high, yeah. that's typically when mine started producing the cobs. So, so maybe you'll get those. It's a little bit later variety. They start forming right now and will grow through August. Oh, okay. No, yeah. So, and again, fertilize fifteen thirty fifteen. You want a good root structure okay. and the phosphate, so you can feed them with that. Ensure okay. they're getting good water. Yes, I do. That's yeah. That's what happened with mine. They got. Just too small a pot, and if they dried out a couple of times, the cobs got a little bit. Uh, they just stayed. Okay. Well, I do have fifteen thirty fifty because I went to the garden center and I picked it up. Okay. And that's what I'm going to feed them now. <laughs> yeah, and just give them a good water okay. on the ground. Like just use the just a soaker hose or whatever. Yes. Soak them into the root system. Yes. Um, ensure they're getting good water, and then fertilize right after. Okay, I'll do that. Well, I'll come to the center again and get another bottle. <laughs> okay, thanks, okay. Jack. Thank you very much. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to just uh, read a few more texts here. One thing you'll start seeing is a bit of, uh, still a bit of aphids right now. And right now, especially on the nine barks, I just got a picture um, I'm having an issue responding on my text, so I'm not sure. It says it's not responding, so I'm just going to read most of my answers to you. Um, my nine bark was going so good. What is wrong? So what you have there is aphids. So what I would do is get um, your hose out, give them a really good spray down, like with the union nozzle, and then either spray with um, pure spray green 
or if you have a endol or something like that, insecticidal soap. Um, any of the insecticidal soaps, you do need to rinse off, though. And the nice thing with the pure spray green, you don't have to rinse it off. But if you spray them today, you need to spray them again in five days and then again in five days just to get break the cycle of them uh, reproduction on those aphids. But you got the red aphids because a lot of them, they're sucking the the red pigment out of the nine barks. So they're just, uh, they're taking it all, taking all the nourishment out of the tops. They do like nine barks at this time of year because they are very lush and nourished and there's lots of new growth on them. So just, just hose them off, spray them down, and uh, hopefully that will get rid of those things for you. All right, good morning. Sent you a picture every year, Ollie from Calgary. Beautiful daisies, some nice Shasta daisies, and a huge Annabelle hydrangea. Again, if you have a shady spot and you're looking for something that just doesn't grow great, um, that is uh, that is a great plant that uh, you can use in your shade gardens, the, the Annabelle hydrangea. <clears throat> and again, mix that with uh, some Brunaria, some some ferns, a few different things, and you'll get a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous shade garden area rather than – because sometimes if you try and grow some of the shrubs or some of the things that say part shade or shade, um, you just want to make sure that they will grow in those areas because I find that shade is – if it's done right, it can be some of your nicest garden in your whole yard because the, the flowers will just glow for you. But anyways, I'm going to take a quick break. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Uh, welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. If you'd like to give me a call, that is also the text line. Got one quick text here, then I'm going to hit the phone lines. Uh, good morning. I have a friend in Vernon, B.C. Most of her tomatoes had black bottoms. Never Yeah, it's it's. I mentioned a little bit earlier. It's a calcium lack of calcium on your bigger tomatoes. So when you're growing them, and a little bit of inconsistent watering, but for the most part, if you're using a good fertilizer with the calcium supplement in it, or you can just buy the straight calcium supplement to add to it um, as a fertilizer, you can do that as well. But any of the larger tomatoes need that uh, calcium supplement otherwise you get that blossom and rot on the bottom of your tomatoes which uh makes them you, yeah you can't use them it's it's kind of mushy on the bottom brian i'm gonna go to twig good morning twig morning merle i'm glad to hear you're fine i have uh, three quick questions for you okay the first one mostly because of the expense um i have bought four double fern leaf Japanese peonies this year, two each from different garden centers. Uh, two of them have died. One is not looking well, and the other one, um, uh, it's maybe starting to turn faintly yellow like the others did. Um, they've been in yeah, intensive and, care. Yeah, and they do that. They do that. Um, so... 
um, that's unfortunately with especially the newly planted peony. They're not going to stay really nice looking through the whole season. They'll they'll look in the spring. They come up. They bloom, especially the fern leaf. It blooms fairly early in Calgary, and then they kind of just die back, and then they kind of just die back into themselves. They, so the, the two though, they were like dead, dead, like okay. totally dead, and the and the third one now is not looking well. And they've been nurtured. And yeah, I would just say, yeah, I think I would just be, I would be patient because um, they do die right back. Peonies, like I said, a lot of them, especially the fern they don't look great after they're done blooming. Okay. Um, I would just, unless it just totally rotted down, um, and as long as you didn't bury them too deep, they like to be almost at the exact same level that they were in the pot. Um, any of your peonies, they they don't like being transplanted, and if they get planted too deep, that they do not like that at all. Okay, I'll keep nurturing them. Second yeah. question: um, <clears throat> I have two uh, rows of Sharon uh, chiffon blue flowering yeah. shrubs that I've put in about uh, about a month ago, and they they were loaded with buds and they're blooming, but they're often um, very, the, the leaves are very limp, and many are turning yellow and falling off. And it's not from lack of water. I've been watering them very carefully. But they continue okay. to bloom, but the leaves are all turning yellow. Okay. And they're not too wet, possibly? No. no. Okay. Um, the only other thing I can think of is just lack of, lack of nutrients and if they're getting that slow deep watering because i know in the heat and the rose of sharon takes a lot of lot it does take a lot of moisture so ensuring that you do do the slow deep watering because okay. they 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 are a heavy feeder and and they like a fair bit of water when they get grown because they're fairly big and there's lots of leaves okay are they pretty uh, uh tolerant in calgary yeah as an annual like for the most part right so oh i thought it was a perennial yeah, somewhat, but they, a lot of people they get planted as um, just as annuals as well. Okay. So it's a pretty. Deep. I would just uh, just ensure that you're doing that slow, deep watering. Soak it in really good into the ground, okay. and see if that helps perk them up. Feed them fifteen, thirty, fifteen, okay. and that would be good. Already. Okay. Last question, quickly. Uh, my hostas are the leaves are splitting down the center. They look like they've been shattered by hail or something but they haven't they're just they're healthy but the leaves are splitting in the middle um again are they in full sun or shade they're uh mostly in shade they get a little bit of afternoon sun but not a lot okay so that should be fine because sometimes i see them when they're put out in the full sun they'll almost split open like that if they get too much sun <laughs> um so that's sort of what i thought at first but again um yeah, we haven't had the rainstorms or the hail or anything in Calgary yeah, to yeah. to damage any of them. So they should be doing the only thing I can think of is like you said, if if there was a bit more sun or if it's just not getting in quite enough water, it would split. Is there any way you could text a picture to me? I can take a quick look. Sure, I can do that. That would be helpful that I can see. But other than that, I just Ensure that you're doing consistent watering because sometimes if they get too dry and then too wet, um, that will cause leaf damage. So you just want consistent watering. 
Um, if you have bark mulch in your perennial beds, that really helps with good, consistent watering as well. Okay, it what just, about uh, coffee grounds? Uh, it doesn't hurt to put them in, okay. um, but just a good bark mulch is great because it just keeps the temperature pretty stable, keeps the moisture level pretty stable in most of your shrub beds. So I just find it it just it saves a lot of water, saves a lot of trees and shrubs when you have bark mulch in your soil. So, right. or if you have really good rich soil, it's it's just amending your soil. If you let it get too kind of dry and dusty, it, it's not good either. Great, thank you very much. Alrighty. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and it's uh, 954, August the 1st going to be another gorgeous hot day so get out there do your watering early and uh and then get out and enjoy but be careful out there if you are working um stay hydrated and be careful on the smoke for some of us it definitely uh, is affecting a few people brian i'm going to go to the phone line and chat with dwight good morning dwight hey happy sunday buddy hey happy sunday to you as well how are things oh real good real good um good good question I have, uh, when you let me know those water plants were in, I got down there like I was shot out of a cannon. Yeah. And among other things, I got two arrowhead lilies. Okay. We got that that hail in the spring, and it damaged a few of the leaves, so I cut them off. But what I noticed is when you go down the stem, the bottom looks like celery. Should Should I just cut the leaf off, or should I peel it off from the bottom? I would just cut them off. Just the tops? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or, or go, no, go all the way down. Uh, if the leaf is is uh, is spent on the top, I would take, yeah, follow the stalk all the way down. Unless yeah, you see some nodules or something where it can send out more. But, no, yeah, I would just no, take it, it down. Like, yeah, it looks like celery. Yeah. The, yeah, just take it all the way down. Yeah. And, and, and I have a, about a 40-year-old mock orange uh, shrub. Yeah. And it's looking pretty ratty. And I was just wondering, if I chop it down to the ground, will it yep. flower next year, or does it take a couple of years? Uh, it'll take, you probably won't get any next year, but okay. it'll grow like crazy. I've done that. Mock orange is one of my favorite ones to rejuvenate because they just respond really well to it. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, definitely take it right down, and uh, it'll just shoot up like a cannon next year and yeah, and get rid yeah. of all that dead wood. For the longest time, it was just like a nice little three-foot ball and, and full of white little flowers. They're gorgeous, and they're one of the ones that's still fairly fragrant, which they're a lot of, I find like a lot of the plants have lost a lot of fragrance, and right. uh, and those ones, the mock orange, still have a really nice fragrance to them, So, and yeah. just gorgeous white. Too bad they didn't last longer. That's the only problem. <laughs> yeah, and that's, speaking of last longer, those chromatella uh, water lilies, um, when the buds come up, they only bloom once or twice, and then they're done. Yeah. Like they open. Yeah, for the season, they, yeah. And then they close, and they're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't get a lot out of them. But as they grow, you'll get more and more blooms, though, over the years. So. Yeah, but I've been taking lots of pictures. So. Awesome. 
Anyway, have All a right. great weekend. Enjoy your long Thanks, weekend. Dwight. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And again, I, I'm not able to respond to text, so I'm not uh, too sure we're going to see if the but I am getting them, so I'll just read those as questions. Good morning, Merle. We have a few tomatoes that are getting this cracking. What would be causing this? Rodney and Coldell. I think a lot of it is just inconsistent watering. It may be letting them dry out in between too much. Um, so just ensure that they stay, let them dry a little bit, but just ensure that you're doing that slow, deep watering, water them thoroughly. And uh, But typically when I see that cracking and that type of thing, it could be a little bit of um, calcium supplement as well, a little bit of the end rot, but when they're cracking, it's more just inconsistent watering. So just letting them dry too much in between. So try to keep up with the watering a little bit more, Rodney, and hopefully that helps out because I imagine you guys have been getting some heat down there in the Coaldale area as well. But right now I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mainly sunny and 20 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Albertans protested for the second day in a row against the provincial government's plan to lift mandatory COVID protocols. Global's Michael King reports on the rallies held in both Calgary and Edmonton yesterday. Starting on August 16th, we will no longer recommend that all those with mild symptoms seek testing. Isolation will no longer be universally legally required if you test positive for COVID-19. For Natasha Brubaker, whose child is considered high risk for the virus, these decisions hit close to home. Our children are by definition vulnerable. They have no option to protect themselves beyond these health measures and the decisions made by the adults they are counting on to care for them. Dr. Joe Vipond, an emergency room physician, is going further, saying the rolling back of restrictions goes against Canadians' right to life, liberty and security. In response to the pushback, Alberta's health minister pointed to the rise in those vaccinated, even though Alberta is below the national rate in both first and second doses. For Dr. Joe Vipon, that response is not enough, and he's calling on Alberta's chief medical officer of health to resign. Michael King, Global News. Some residents of Canmore, just west of Calgary, have been given the all-clear to drink the water from their taps. Edmonton-based EPCOR, which oversees water utilities in the community, says a boil water advisory involving Canmore and a number of other areas has been partially lifted. But the company says residents and businesses in the remainder of the town must still boil their water before consumption until further notice. EPCOR said Thursday that Alberta Health Services issued the boil water advisory after high levels of turbidity were uh, detected. As we move closer out of the pandemic, one Toronto-based writer says people need to adjust their boundaries with their cell phone. In chatting with Global's Jalen Nye, Benjamin Lesh says he's very concerned about the increase in cell phone addictions over the past 16 months. Lesh's three rules on creating boundaries are when you're paying attention to other people, ideas and also nothing at all, to put away your phone. Rethink the way in which we want to live. And so as we sit back down to a table in a restaurant, for example, for the first time in a year and a half, or we sit across the boardroom table from our colleagues for the first time in a year and a half, we're coming in fresh and it's an opportunity to rethink our priorities a little bit. 
He says if you must use your phone, do so sparingly with acknowledgement of the people around you. With many people getting a pandemic pet amid COVID-19, some animal shelters are reporting a rise in surrenders now that lives are getting back to normal. However, Humane Canada, which represents humane societies, SPCAs and animal rescues across the country, says they aren't seeing any notable difference. CEO Barbara Cartwright tells Global's Jalen Nye the increase in pet owners over the last 16 months is starting to also change the way offices operate. Also, some of the great things from COVID is thinking about that hybrid working situation where you can spend some days at home and some days in the office. And then we're starting to see more calls now to have pet-friendly offices. Cartwright says it's normal for your pet to experience some separation anxiety at first and says it's important to set your pet up for a successful transition as well. This new police dog in Hawaii doesn't need food or water. If you're homeless looking for temporary shelter in Hawaii's capital, expect a police dog that will scan your eye to make sure you don't have a fever. Scan? It's named Spot, the best known of a new commercial category of robots that trot around with animal-like agility. Made by robotics firm Boston Dynamics, it's used at a government-run tent city near the airport, another tool to help keep human officers out of potential harm's way in other situations. Honolulu PD spent some of their federal pandemic relief money to buy the Canned canine. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News. Tokyo Olympic officials are investigating an outdoor drinking party at the athletes' village that broke COVID 19 rules. Organizing Committee CEO Toshiro Muto says multiple athletes and other team officials were drinking alcohol at the park in the village late Friday night. Muto didn't identify the athletes or any team involved or what action police took when they arrived at the park. A total of 264 Olympic accredited people have tested positive for COVID-19 since July 1st, with one athlete who stayed in the village among the 18 new cases. It's 20 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open. 403-974-8255. Right now, I'm going to go to Lois. Good morning, Lois. Hello. Hello, Lois. Hi there. Hi. Hi. It's How Louise, can I help you? by the way. Oh, okay, sorry. I... Thanks, Louise. Sorry, Louise. <laughs> I have a problem with my tomato plants. Okay. I have no tomatoes. Okay. They're, they're just getting a few flowers, but where everybody else has got tomatoes, I don't have any. I planted the seeds at the end of February. I planted them in planter boxes because I'm in a uh, apartment. Yeah. At the end of May, they're growing beautiful, but I don't have any tomatoes. Do you have them outside? Oh yeah. Or they're inside. They're, okay. They're in six foot long planter boxes. Okay, so that sounds all good. Um, the yeah. only thing is this: are you are you feeding them with anything? We're feeding them and watering them, making sure they get plenty of okay, water. And what are you feeding them with? I think it's Miracle Grow, uh, an all-purpose one. Okay, you want some with a higher middle number, so just ensuring that you use like a fifteen thirty fifteen. And what type of tomatoes are you growing? Are they like a beefsteak or a cherry yes. tomatoes or? Yes, beefsteak. Okay. 
And again, you'd want to use a good fertilizer that has the calcium supplement. So when you are getting some fruit, you're not going to get that end rot. My only thought is you sometimes it's a miracle grow. It might be growth. There's no phosphate in it, so it'll grow okay. lots, but you're not getting any bloom. So, um, right. So I would I would use like even like our green it up all like our green it up blooming one, the one with the high middle number, or the evolved okay. tomato food, something like that. Use a good quality food, um, and it'll make all the difference. Time? Yeah, no, we still got lots of time in August. Weather looks great. You got lots of plant there. I would just yes. get use a higher middle number, like get like the fifteen thirty fifteen to you gotta get some bloom starting. So Okay. Thank you. Alrighty. You're very welcome. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay, bye. Okay, bye bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How you doing, Merle? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I had the exact same problem as the last caller, so thank goodness that's out of the way. Uh, but another question about, say, my strawberries. Yep. When I, uh, when I, the runner substantiated it and it's doing well, am I supposed to clip that vine right away? Um, you can. Some people clip them or let them root in and then, and then do that, um, I really found I had like I'm growing some strawberries in a raised planter on our deck right now as well, and I found they kind of sat. I, I started doing some really deep watering and ensuring that I'm getting water all the way through them really well, and okay. and fertilizing, and they've taken off like crazy and produced a ton of fruit the last week or so since I started doing that. So okay. I did make sure you're doing that. Just some good slow deep watering. And uh, and ensure are they growing in the ground or are you growing in boxes as well? No, they're they're in the ground. Um, it's made okay. you're in uh, plants, but uh, I've been trying to get it to spread on the side of the house. Uh, yeah. So I'm trying to get those runners to get going good, and I got a lot of runners this year. Last year, of okay. course, they got hailed out, but uh, I was wondering when I should clip that uh, vine that the yeah, runner when, comes off. Yeah, if they, yeah, just sort of pull on it, see if they're rooted in a bit. If they're rooted in, you can cut them off at any time at there. Perfect. All righty. Thanks a lot, Mo. Okay, take care. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate bye the call. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Merle. I'm calling how, how, for a neighbor. Okay. And she has a sour cherry tree. No, it's not. It it isn't. It isn't really bad. But some of the some of the branches are dying, like from the end. Yeah. So you've got just kind of a stick, and and we broke some off, and they're just like it's dead. There's other ones that the leaf is starting. I don't know. If it's more water. Or I don't know. Are they kind of going yellowy first? No, and then... they just go just brown. They just stay look like a stick. And they just oh let's see about five inches on on the end okay. of that. Okay, yeah. Not all so that's of them, just winter. Just yeah, that's just winter desiccation on. Okay. So a lot of the fruit, the hardwoods. So just cut that off. Just okay. just go back. Just just prune off any of that dead wood. Good. And and that way the plant isn't wasting any of its good energy trying to revive those. Oh, those wood and. Uh, yeah, no other than that, did you get fruit on it in that this oh, year? Oh, it's or? covered. They're loaded. She's got two of them in there. Awesome. But she was worried that it was dying, and I didn't think so, but I, yeah. So yeah, I'll just it's just winter her. desiccation. Yeah, Good. just just dies back a bit and okay. uh, over the winter. Ensure uh-huh. that she waters it in really good in the fall. 
Right. And uh, that'll help prevent that because any of those real hardwoods, like any of the fruit trees, like the apple and the cherry stuff, yeah. they're quite a hardwood. Mm-hmm. They just they need that good fall watering because if we leave those sticks out there, they can just they get winter desiccation quite easily. So perfect. Thank you. You're oh, very welcome. You bet. You have a real good day. You too. Thank okay. you for calling. Thanks a million. Bye bye. You're welcome. Bye bye. All right, and again, if you'd like to give me a shout, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. I am getting your text, but I'm just not able to respond for some reason. So um, keep texting, and I'll just, uh, I know, and uh, Lorna asked me to text her back, but I'm not able to respond, so I'll just, I'll read it off of uh, off of here. It says, Lorna here. Hi, Merrill. Please text me the name of this perennial and to spruce it up, have it. And that is a phlox. And we do have phlox in stock right now. So if you go see Jen, Lorna, um, you'll be able to find those phlox in stock in, in, the, in the perennial section right now, I believe. So, and also I have... Marianne on the line. Going to go to Marianne. Good morning. Hi, Merle. I have two tree-related questions for you. Um, the okay. first one is um, my this earlier this um, spring, my husband and I wrestled um, a uh, Schubert cherry into submission. It was slowly dying yet last year and this year. But what I'm wondering is, is there a safe way to eradicate the stump without harming all of the perennials around it? Yep, we have a stump rot. So we you just uh, you drill the holes in it, you dump this or you pour this s- solution in there, and it rots away the stump. And it's not harmful to plants surrounding the no, stump? No, no. Oh, that's good to know. And it's literally called yeah. stump rot. Yeah, yeah, stump. I can't remember the exact name, but if you come in and ask okay. for it, there's a... It's, that's what it's made for. It just gets in there and decompose, speeds up the decomposing process. Probably takes. I think a few it's a years, super but... high night. No, it goes pretty quick. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, my other question was related to fire blight on a Norland apple, and at this point, the the tree is looking healthy, and but I've had to remove over the last number of years a branch here. I I would cut below, maybe about a foot below the visible damage and then um, sanitize my cutting tool and then cut some more. Is there a way of of halting this or is it a pervasive, progressive sort of illness? It, it somewhat is. Uh, do a really, really good cleanup in the fall. Yeah. And right now, if there's any leaves that fell off, it's hard once it gets in there. If you didn't get all the spores, it, it'll keep spreading. So that's that's pretty sad because it's a re- it's been a really nice apple tree, and it's supposedly one that's less prone to fire blight, and that was why I planted it twenty some odd years ago. Yeah, it's uh, this year was bad on a bit of it. For some reason, the spores were all sitting, and then when we had that heavy rain at the end of June, there, yeah, it just seemed to. Sp- activate all the spores and fire blight and a lot of the mushrooms in people's lawns and things like that. And so, you're right, it would have, it would have become uh, more evident after that, definitely. But uh, 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. It all you. sits there. Like I said, it sits there, yeah. and it it just um, when the when conditions are right. Just, hey. Yeah, and that gets actually You can treat with um, copper spray, like before, like early spring when it just finished leafing out. You can spray it all with copper spray, and that'll help kill some of the spores. But big, really good cleanup is the most important thing, and then it, a couple a couple applications of of the copper spray. Okay. All right. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, thanks, and um, thanks for your program. It's uh, very informative. Thank you, and I enjoy doing it, and uh, try and try and hopefully answer everything <laughs> as as best I can for our for our season and our location. So that's where I, I try to keep it. I do think you do a pretty good job with that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye bye. All right, and I think I better take a break here. But if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And that is the talk and text line. And if you're calling from out of town, that's 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. It's going to go to Jan. Good morning, Jan. Morning, Merle. Um, yes, I agree with the last caller that your show is excellent. <laughs> um, Thank you. Um, I talked with you in the spring about um, a, a juniper that I had some problem with, and it um, had some winter kill on it, but also some mouse damage to it. Um, it's still, I fertilized it, you know, trimmed it back um, quite a bit, pruned it back quite a bit. It's really not doing a, a lot. Should I see any growth on, I, I should see something, should Yeah, I? you should see something by now. And unfortunately, when you get all that mouse damage on the, because they go after the main trunk, right? They chew yeah. all the, and what that does, it just ends up killing it. There's nothing to hold the moisture in the trunk anymore yeah. because they've taken away the whole. So unfortunately, I'd probably at that point, if it's that bad, you're not getting nothing. You maybe just want to dig that out and and maybe start fresh, unfortunately. Okay, I'll have a good look at it and see whether or not, you know, it is on the main part of the trunk. That was the second question for it. Can I trim it really, like really trim it back? Um, like some of the some of the ends, like it's got, it's, oh, it's, it's more than 10 years old. It's probably 12 or 13 years old, this plant. And, it, you know, it's got some branches on it that are, you know, five, six feet long. Um, and the parts closest to the, to the, to the stock, are are looking really sad, but the ends are looking, you know. Yeah, and good. that's the part you can't you can't really prune them back without any needles left. Yeah. So, um, if you so if you go back to this bare trunk, chance of it it probably won't send out new growth. Yeah, and you're just um, going to kill it anyway. Then. Yes. Yeah, and okay. I would just take remove all the damage part and then see what you have left. I would just start with that. Okay. Uh, so just start at the center of the where the where the main trunk is in the center mm -hmm. and work your way out and just look if it, any of it's chewed off just just cut all that off mm -hmm. and then kind of see what you have left and yeah. then, then go from there 
and go from there. If yep. it's, if 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 it's salvageable, then if I if I look at it and see to that, when would be the? Uh, and the other thing I'm thinking of is the particular area that it's planted in is covered by snow all winter. Um, yep. And and so um, I was thinking, well, maybe I should just move it right out of there into an area that doesn't get so much snow cover on it, and so then but the mice aren't going to live under it. Yeah, it is good for for them though. Like they do like that snow cover because it just protects them again for the winter time. Yeah. This yeah. this past year I've never seen, but this past year was way worse on a lot of the on a lot of the junipers. I've never seen so much like mouse damage per se mm-hmm. on junipers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what you can do is you can put out some mouse bait as well in the sp- in the fall mm-hmm. like around your junipers and stuff like that. Um. But typically, it sounds like you have a good spot, and we've been having heavy snow cover the last few years. So, yep. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think to try to revitalize a juniper that's that big, it's gonna—it's a long haul. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So the the other part of it that I was thinking that if I do, if I am just going to take it right out of there, um, uh, is now you know a good time to make yeah. a new flower bed and and put some, absolutely uh, move some stuff and and. Not necessarily moving a whole lot of stuff at this time of year, but it's definitely a good time to remove things, um, find those empty spots because uh, a lot of times the garden centers have a lot of good, still have a pretty good selection. Mm-hmm. So you can add in those empty spots right now. So it's a great time. And um, this okay. is typically when I get to finally do my yard a bit because I've been busy <laughs> working and all that. So now I go out there and look at mine. And I sort of <laughs> say, okay, I got some empty spots and now I, I try to fill in where I can at this time of year. So um, mm-hmm. that's on my list in the next few days as well. So Yeah. You talk a lot about um, uh, putting hostas in shaded areas. Do they need sh- – uh, I was listening to your other caller there that had one that the leaves had split. But I have an yeah, area that if- sees the morning sun for – well, at this time of the year, yeah, maybe two or three hours, and then the rest of the day, it's in the shade. Is that's that perfect for those, like, yep, that's perfect for those shade plants I talk about, like the mm-hmm. Ligularias, Hostas, Brunarias, the Annabelle Hydrangea, and that will give you a gorgeous, if it's on that sort of east side or whatever mm-hmm. of your house, yep. and uh, that'll give you a gorgeous, gorgeous, nice shade garden, and mm-hmm. uh, it'll look awesome. Perfect. Okay. Um, Alrighty. Third question for you. I just planted a three-foot um, Siberian larch a good six, eight weeks ago now. Um, would I see any new growth on that this year? Very little. They've probably already done most of their new growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, you might see it go yellow early. Actually, I have an, er, another text. They, a couple have just finished their landscaping. They sent me a picture, and the larch went totally um, yellow, yep. and they will do that when they transplant at this time of year. Sometimes they'll just go into dormancy. Mm-hmm. Um, ensure that you water it well. Typically, larch are really um, hardy; like they're really hard to kill. So, um, <laughs> for the most part, if they're getting water and that, they should be totally fine. Okay, water once a week. Twice yeah, at a least. Week. Yep, just that slow, deep watering. Yep, yeah, depending on where they're located. But yeah, if they're in full sun, twice a week is good, especially the first year. Okay, very good. Thank you for your time. Okay, All right, thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Duncan. Good morning, Duncan. Oh, hi, how are you? Good, good. How can I help you? 
Uh, just hang on a sec. I'm on my lift. <laughs> okay, no worries. To the main level. I was just up in the bedroom. Anyway, no I have a box about four by four with three tomato plants in it. And I mean, it's yeah. really full. Lots of leaves and all that stuff. And I have lots of flowers. I planted about, about the end of April. And I have yeah. no tomatoes, but lots of flowers. Okay, and they're... And it's outside, out on the patio, so it's able to get some pollinators, like the bugs. Oh, yeah, uh, it's, bees it's and out stuff in the like. garden, so it's completely open. Yeah, I don't – the only thing I can think of is just, like I said, just uh, – other looks nice and healthy and Oh, nice yeah, and the green. leaves look, it looks really good. Um, I mean, the leaves are a, a nice color, but it's like a dense forest in there. Yeah. And there's lots of blooms, but there's no fruit. That's right. Although I did see one tomato near the bottom, so. Yeah, you, it you, could be, like, depending what variety, it could be one that produces a little bit later in the season, but you should start seeing stuff by now. Like, it's, um, and we've had lots, and if they've been watered consistently, um, and do you fertilize it? Yeah, I do. I do it twice a day. Oh, okay. So you get lots of fertilizer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just and just maybe not maybe cut back a bit if you're doing it twice uh, twice a week on the fertilizer or twice a day you said but okay. maybe twice a week is lots on that and just ensure you're doing that slow deep watering you maybe want to thin out some of the growth depending on what you're fertilizing with if you're using a higher nitrogen I'd maybe switch to something else and yeah, the nitrogen no, is the first the number phosphorus phosphate okay the, the perfect number, high middle number the middle number is the largest one. Okay, that's perfect. Um, I would just maybe try and cut out some of the foliage on it. Okay. <laughs> maybe just too much of the energy is going towards that. And yeah, I'm sure you're doing that slow, deep watering and uh, just thin out some of the suckers in the middle of it. Yeah. Now, it's enclosed, but the, the, the top is open. Just the, okay. So, and what they are is a corrugated uh, plastic that's around okay. them. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, that would be my only other thing is this is if if maybe the the bees that haven't been able to get in there, maybe that yeah. could be part of it. There's not being able to get pollinized. So you might need to get yourself a little paintbrush. Okay. If you got lots of blooms and then just go from one to another and just sort of help them along. Okay. Yeah. So just brush on it, get the pollen from one and go to the other ones and okay. uh at, and try at what stage do you uh uh, when they're just when the bloom, yeah, when the bloom just fully opens, and okay. then you can get in there. Okay. Yep. Alrighty, give that a try. Sounds good. Um, All right, thanks, Duncan. Okay. Bye bye. I just I gotta go. Thank you. Bye bye. Right. All right, I gotta take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's smoky and 23 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Heat warnings are in effect for large areas of BC and Alberta. Environment Canada has issued a slew of air quality statements due to drifting smoke from forest fires. Lightning strikes boosted the number of fires in BC to 245 yesterday, and there is a potential for more lightning in today's forecast. Temperatures are expected to cool off later today. Calgary police are investigating after multiple people were stabbed early Saturday morning. CPS confirm it happened on 8th Street and 2nd Avenue Southwest just after midnight. Four people were injured. Their conditions are unknown and an investigation is ongoing.
Canadian sprinter Andre de Grasse has claimed the bronze medal in the men's 100 metres at the Tokyo Olympics. It's de Grasse's second Olympic medal in the event after he took bronze at the 2016 Rio Games. It's also the first medal won by a Canadian male athlete in Tokyo. It's 23 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line, and I'm going to go to Wayne. Good morning, Wayne. Hey, Merle. Merle. Hey there. Hi. Okay. Hello. Hi. How can I help you? Okay. Um, first of all, good morning. Anyway, good morning. Uh, uh, Merle, we bought a, or we transplanted a, a Toba hawthorn, and okay. we didn't put any uh, fertilizer in the hole. Then. Okay. Then after we planted it, we realized this, so we bought some uh, Green It Up uh, 105210. Yep. Now, the instructions to me are, uh, for, uh, for fertilizing this tree now are a little confusing because it, uh, it says for a large tree, and it's a fairly large transplant, but what I'd like to do is put fertilizer uh, on the top and have it soak in. Yeah, actually, what you bought, though, it's a water-soluble. So what you need to do is just water your tree really well and then just mix that fertilizer in a, in a water can or a pail and just I think one or two scoops per pail, depending on how big a pail you're using. Yeah, well, that's... And it, it has a little scoop inside the bucket. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, that so was you just my mix question. that with water. Yeah. yeah. That was my question is how much, because with the instructions for the stuff down the hole... Um, it says, you know, five milliliters per uh, per liter, or a milliliter per liter, and then it says put 250 milliliters in the hole, which is a cupful, right? <laughs> which doesn't seem yeah. very much. Yeah, well, that's that's for the mics probably, but that's for for the water soluble. I think it's just like I have a 10 liter thing, and I think I use two scoops per pail. Which is and and you won't be able you won't hurt it that way, okay. so just make sure you water your your hawthorn first really well, and right. then just and then mix it the ten fifty two ten and then just water it in right after with that. Okay. And if you do that once a week for the next couple of weeks, will be perfect. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks. Bye -bye. Thanks, Wayne. Take care. All right, and I'm going to go to John. Good morning, John. Morning, Merle. Uh, I've got a bunch of uh, different varieties of tomato plants that are all very strong. There are uh, tons of flowers, lots of tomatoes, but none of them are turning red. Okay. As my neighbor suggested, something to do with the smoke and certain rays coming through. I don't know what it is. That might have a little bit to do with it. I know I had that issue last year. It seemed to take a long time for... Um, a lot of the fruit to to ripen on the vine. Again, just being patient with it. And uh, I think once you get the first week or so here in August, we should start seeing some of that. Just continue with the watering. And if you're getting lots of uh, – and you're growing big tomatoes as well? Well, I've got big, small, everything, uh, varieties okay. that I've never tried before. And they're, they're all producing and uh, – Tons of flowers, but just uh, the, the tomatoes have been on that uh, more than three weeks, and they're not turning. 
Yeah. So that's that's somewhat normal. It usually takes a little bit longer than that before they vine ripen. And also this heat has been um, just lots of growth. So when they start getting a little bit cooler, it'll they'll start ripening too. Okay, I'm just not being patient enough, I guess. Yeah, three weeks is still, that takes a bit for that to, to come up, form, do its thing, and then now it has to go to the ripening stage. So I, I think you're totally fine. You should be on track. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, discontinue with the consistent watering like you've been doing. It sounds like you're doing everything right, so discontinue that, and uh, and you should be good. Yeah, they're... Um Usually there's, the stalks are quite high. They're up to three, four feet. And usually when that's happened in the past, I don't get very many tomatoes because I'm just growing stock. But yeah. this time I've got lots of tomatoes and everything's healthy. That's good. That means you got a good soil mix. You're watering properly. And this heat is helping us produce lots of that as well. So Sounds good. Perfect. Good job. Thank you. Take Bye. care, John. Bye-bye. All right, and if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. I'm going to go to Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. Program. At any rate, I've been fighting with a honeysuckle. It's got a, a bright pink blossom, and it's been yep. had a bit of leaf miner for years, and I cut it right down to the ground. I, this spring, I dosed it with pure spray green, and then I had to cut it back for deadheading because of the um, winter kill. Yeah. Now, I'm still having a little bit of the leaf miner in it. It looks like leaf miner, and the new growth wilts. That's problem yeah, number the, one. <laughs> new growth on those two. Aphids love honeysuckle. So if you look at the new growth, if you look at, you might see a bunch of little tiny green bugs in there. Mm -hmm. um, they love, and it almost makes it look like it's wilting, but they they love the honeysuckle. So I'm not sure. I've, I've never eaten a honeysuckle, but... I'm assuming from the name, maybe that they're nice and sweet like honey. <laughs> so, but I know aphids love them. And mm. so my, my thought would be is that uh, you got aphids on the end. So again, get your uni nozzle out. And if you're getting a bunch of new growth and it kind of looks like it's wilting, they make sure you're getting enough water on it too. Because sometimes if you get a big blast of new growth, it's not getting quite enough water. Okay. Oh, you can do that. Now, the next problem is this spring when I cut down the, the dead wood from winter kill, yep. the, the new growth shot straight out. Yep. It went horizontal instead of, you know, sort of going up. So I've tied it up, but I don't know. I don't want a wide bush. I want more of a cylindrical or a little compact. Uh, yep. So you can just trim off some of those side ones that are going a bit more too wide on you? They're and all going you, wide. You, it's just like no okay. up, all wide. <laughs> okay, yeah, you got, you got lots of growth. So what I would do is maybe just take a third off the top of all of them, and then that'll help thicken it up. Because mm, okay. you got tons of growth, so it just went out. Yeah, it did. And I thought, well, should I just trim it right down to the ground again or let it grow? I would just take a third off. Like now that it's still soft enough, you know, yeah. and it's not real thick stems, It's this is the perfect time to just trim it and do some shaping. Okay. I'll give that a try because I don't like that wide bush. It's all tied up now like, like a tied up yeah. umbrella. Yeah, I have a little willow that I, I cut back to a year and a half ago, whatever. And same thing. It just went... 
it's just massively wide now. It's like six feet wide. And uh, so I got to do a bit of that trimming as well this week. So, Okay. Well, it should start to bloom pretty soon. And it's got the most beautiful bright pink flowers. So, <laughs> anyway. Love honeysuckles. Like I said, just the only thing with them is just that you got to watch the aphids. The aphids love them as much as we do. So, Okay. All righty. All right. Thanks very much, Merle. All right. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. 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 All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Arlette. Good morning, Arlette. Hi, good morning. Um, Hi there. We cut down... Hi. We cut down um, a few poplars on our property last year. Okay. And this year we've got all kinds of little suckers coming up, like it's just seedlings coming up all over the place. Is there anything yep. we can do for that? Is it in the ground or? It's in the ground. Like, I mean, in the lo- like in the lawn, sorry? Yeah, in the lawn, yes. Okay. Is there other poplars that are there as well that you've kept that you didn't cut down? Uh, no, there's not. Okay. So a couple of things you can't do. I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of root system in there too. So if you want to you know, I'll sort of give you the good, better, best sort of thing, the best way would be to get a bobcat in there, um, hire, a, hire a bobcat service or landscape, get in there, rip out and regrade everything, pull probably the top foot of soil and roots all out. And then replenish your soil, and uh, and probably resod most of the area because you're gonna have, if you removed numerous poplars, you're gonna have a root system all the way through there, and you're okay. gonna have you're gonna these suckers are gonna keep coming forever. Okay. So so either that or you can dig out just the roots, and sometimes they'll follow it with a stump grinder. I just find it's just sometimes at that point, if you ever want to garden again or plant something, you're, you're, anytime you go to dig a hole or do anything, you're just going to, like, you know, you, when you hit you're that rock. Or you, yeah. So I would just, like, even, like, a little mini backhoe or, like I said, some sort of bobcat, so I'd just rip it out. Bring in new loam, resod, make your new flower beds, and then just sort of then it's just done for you. It would be okay. the best way. Great. Um, other than that, you'd just be fighting it with either Roundup. You can try killing them that way, like painting Roundup on all the suckers. Mm. Yeah, all the time. Um, but that's uh, like I said. Then you end up still have the problem with the with the even if you get the stump grinding done, they only go down eight to ten inches, right? So it, then yeah, you still have yeah. all all the other stuff. So okay, um, one more question, and I don't know if you okay. can help me with this: is uh, what do you do about the nuisance the crows are causing? <laughs> yeah, there's not much we can do about that. Okay. And if have you heard if I mention if I mention the sling, slingshot, then I get the nasty text back. Okay. So no, All right. <laughs> yeah, no, there's nothing. It's it just this time of year, right? They're looking for, um, they're looking for food typically. So just make sure you're removing any of the, the garbage or anything around that they're they're kind of squawking at, okay. and. Uh, they kind of go through, they seem to go through like when the baby birds are at a certain level too, but they're kind of grown up now. So the, the crows should almost be finished here. Oh, okay. 
Great. Well, yeah. thank you for your help today. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah. Bye-bye. 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 All right. And I'm going to go to Margo. Good morning, Margo. I'm Margo down here in Bow Crescent and Bonet. Hey, and how are you? Good. And I've got a huge lot here with uh, quarter, you know, it's a quarter acre. And so watering's an issue. And all my rain barrels are, all six of my rain barrels are pretty much dry. So Yeah, we haven't had no rain. No, we're in drought. So I've started to collect water in like in the bathtub with a bucket when I'm running water yeah. to get hot water in the morning and in the kitchen. And I'm finding I'm collecting about 10 gallons easy every day to put yeah. out. So I just wanted to put that out because it's really hard to water and pay the city bill. Oh, we, we waste a lot of water. And I'm not too sure what the what the law is, but you can get those little submersible pumps because if you are, are you on the side of the river side of Bow Crescent or the other yeah, side? Yeah, and, and no, you can't do that technically, but no, I'm on the tracks. I live on the tracks. Oh, okay. And because I live on the tracks, I've got mice. Um, yep. Lots of mice. So one of the techniques that my my neighbor figured out with mouse traps, because if you don't really kill it instantly, they steal a trap. So he, he glues his trap onto the end of a paint stick, paint stir stick. Okay, yeah. And and then what I've been doing is also I put a piece of uh, scotch tape upside down, sticky side up, at, at the place where the bait goes to try and yeah. catch mice. But the important thing when you're setting traps outside is to cover the trap so that the birds don't get in. So you have to cover it with a broken pot or a pot raised up an inch or so. Yeah, so you can get the mice and not the birds. I hate. Yeah, them. absolutely. Yeah, actually, yeah, no, it, it is tough. Um, I know I have a few traps set down at the garden center in some areas too. Yeah, and one time I actually caught a bat. It flew in there and went at yeah. the trap. So, like, which really, was, really don't want to do. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. So, so yeah. I agree. So those are some good safety tips, and and I agree. Like the amount of water sometimes we waste. Every time you you turn it on and you you realize you hose the driveway off or you do something, it it does make you think. Especially right now, it's uh it is it is pretty dry out there. So yeah. if you can conserve and, so, and save some water like you're doing, um yeah, run it into a five gallon pail to get it hot yeah. or whatever first, and that's a good idea. No, it's great. So and the other thing was that my tomatoes and I have raised tomato beds that I've built the last couple of years up against the north fence facing south. And yeah. every year I empty them and upgrade the soil and put it back in. And I put in lots of calcium tablets. Hopefully that helps. And all the other foods and things and um, bone meal and everything. But my tomatoes started, my cherries started to turn about three days ago. So it's begun. Okay. So okay. This, yeah. Know. So it does take a bit for that other gentleman. Yeah. Just a little bit of patience. And I think once we hit August here, like we're doing, I think they're definitely going to be uh, start ripening for the, for him as well. Yeah. And can we start right. to pinch the squash back? Absolutely. Now's a good time because if you already got a bunch of your squash established, now is the time that you want to start pinching back the vines. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Take All right. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I've got a couple minutes left here. Um, got a couple texts to just read real quick. Um, no blooms on my camladis, usually tons of gorgeous pink. The only thing looks really healthy, I would just say you need to fertilize. Um, you got it kind of crammed in right beside a lilac. I would remove some of the grass along the base of it as well because the grass takes a lot of the nourishment and just feed it with 15, 30, 15, and uh, that will definitely help. But right now I'm going to go to Ronnie. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I got two Virginia creepers, one on either side of my gate. I'm trying to build a trellis over the top of my uh, my gate. Yeah. And uh, one is working. It's, it's it's blooming really, really well. The other is just not going so good, and I, I treat them the same. Okay. Could be a little bit of, I guess, soil issues on the one side. And maybe it's not getting the same amount of, of water. Um, so I would just ensure that, like, make sure you mend the soil um, maybe just add a little bit of nourishment. Feed them. They're heavy feeders to get them growing. Um, when did you plant them? Uh, this spring. Yeah. So sometimes it takes a bit. Like I have three aspens all in a row. Two of them, I'm getting three feet of growth. One of them, I only got about a foot growth. So some just take a little bit longer to root in, especially if you just planted them. It's been a really hot season, so it's been stressful on one of them. So just ensure that you're doing that slow, deep watering. Fertilize um, your vines like that. Like just a 20-20-20 is great. Good all-purpose. Mm -hmm. And if you give them one more shot right now, that would probably be good. Next year is really when I'd expect to see a really good growth take off on that, Ronnie. Okay. So, uh, Already? And they're, they're, they're south facing, so lots of heat. Is Perfect. That, is that a problem? Yeah, okay. No, Thank they you love much. that. Just watch. You're going to get lots of those leaf hoppers. So usually around the last week in July, I'll start spraying them once a week with Pure Spray Green just okay. to keep the leaf hoppers off them. Otherwise, it once you get into the real heat like in August, and they'll be full and they, they eat a lot of the leaves and then the foliage looks kind of messy. So it seems, to be, it seems to be a lot of little flies around. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. They love those because there's lots of foliage. So you can start spraying them once a week with that Pure Spray Green. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, Ronnie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Charles. Good morning, Charles. Good morning. Uh, I've got a weeping birch. It's a client okay. panel, so to speak. In other words, around June, the last several years, it's beginning to lose its leaves. So half yep. of its leaves are gone. So what can I do about that? Um, weeping birch, you probably got a pretty bad case of birch leaf minor on them. They, all the leaves start turning brown. Yeah, um, yeah. They they do need a fair bit of water. So what you can do is you can call a company like our Prune It Up guys. They'll come in early spring next year and we'll do an injection. Um, birch leaf minor, do that with trays on and, and water well. And Rage Plus, they respond really well with Rage Plus and slow, deep watering. But sorry about that. I got to go. I'm out of time, Charles. Um, but that will definitely help out. Until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.